Hello and welcome to the FIFO Fam podcast. I'm Boyd. And I'm Kayla. And here we talk all things FIFO, family and taking life one week at a time. We're all about creating the best versions of ourselves physically, mentally and environmentally. While also learning and struggling through the everyday grind of a young family. So hop on, join the shit show and we, and we hope, hope you, you enjoy this episode. episode. Yeah, you gotta have to repeat yourself there, mate. Stop being shit, folks. Like, rockets fly, Daddy. Hey, Daddy. G'day, everyone. Welcome back to the FIFO Fam podcast. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. No, no time for introductions. We just chucked Teddy down and we got to smash this thing out before he wakes back up. Oh, I was going to ask how you're going, but I guess... <laughs> I said I'm doing fine. Okay. How's the week been? Yeah, it hasn't been too bad. We just can't catch a break with this um, weather that we've been getting. We get one or two days of decent spring weather and then it just turns to shit again. Yeah, it's been so. fucking freezing today. Yeah. Um... So, um, yeah, we've had a couple of uh, movie days inside. Mm-hmm. Um, Teddy's also trying to chew his face off at the moment. Yeah, so he's punching through the last of his little baby no, teeth. No, not, not the last. Not the last. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> he's punching through. Well, he's getting four at one time. They're all pretty sore. Um so we've tried to get them through, but yeah, there's the, the, the last molars are still to come, so he's got four more after this. Excellent. But well, yeah, I'm back to work tomorrow, so not my problem. Thanks. <laughs> really appreciate that. Love it. Yeah. But you're doing all right? Yeah, I'm good. Just, yeah. um, you know, obviously... Pretty said, quiet week between the both of us. Yeah, we had a chockers week last week, and a chockers week coming up next, so we kind of just um, really settled into... The home life this weekend. Um, started I, our diet changes. Yeah, we started our diet changes. Started um, eating predominantly vegetarian. We've got we, you know, this week was trying to use up any meat that um, we had left in the house. Obviously, we said in the last one um, that we weren't doing this because you know we disagree with eating meat as such. It's more uh, eating less of it. So we're not going to go and throw out the meat that we've purchased and we're not going to go and give it away. We're going to just use it and just um, yep. not not buy more in the future if that's what we choose to do. Just being as resourceful as we can pretty much and the easiest way for us to do that is to go vegetarian. Yeah, today we made quinoa and mushroom burgers and they were delicious. Yeah, I was a bit sceptical when I sort of first started it and the consistency just didn't feel right and... Um, finally cooked them and they they weren't too bad. They were pretty I, damn good. Yeah, yeah. Is that your phone going off again? Is that mine? Ah. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Yeah, they were they were really good actually. Don't dodge the subject. I had to tell you, but that's strike three. What are you gonna do? Divorce me? I don't know. I'll let the let the public decide what your punishment should be. That's strike three. <laughs> You've done all right. Your phone went off before. No, I didn't. Mine's on silent, mate. <laughs> you're such a fucking. Anyway, let the public decide your punishment. You've done well though. That's about twenty episodes you've done without it going off. You're such a dick. Nah, I'm I'm all right. Anyways, to get to know me. can we talk about the vegetarian burgers? Yeah, we'll we'll, go, we'll keep going. They were delicious. I think I did say to Boyd, we had done one. One too many things, and I don't think the halloumi should have gone on it because I think there was too many flavours. Halloumi's good. You can't go wrong with halloumi. I know, but I feel like it missed the mark because you want to taste that halloumi. And we had avocado and chilli sauce, mayo, burgers, cheese. Yeah, there was a bit going on, but that tasted pretty good. I think you do the avocado or the halloumi. Yeah, and there was just a different process going to it. So obviously when you make burgers, usually you... Mix your mince through with your egg and your breadcrumbs and whatever you put in it, onions, whatever. But with this, with the mushrooms, you gotta you gotta fry them off first, get rid of all the moisture, and then you gotta cool that mixture down so it takes a bit longer than making just normal beef burgers. Mm. And then you've gotta cook your quinoa through and then mix that through the mix once it cools down. 
So just a bit of extra well, just process to it. Work. But yeah, a bit yeah. Of, yeah. If you've got the time to do it, it's worth it. I guess what you like the good way to do it would be to have extra quinoa from like the night before or something. Yeah. Um How long does quinoa last for? Cooked? No idea. We're beginners. Was it is it just it'd just be similar to rice, wouldn't it? No, oh, maybe. Maybe a few days. Especially if you're just gonna put it in a burger. Rice is bad for salmonella though, if you look like Oh god. Okay. Well I, I am aware well, of that, but I don't know that the listeners really care much. We're gonna look back on this in five years and go, we were just fucking rookies. We're gonna be the <laughs> When we're, we're gonna, gonna be vegans. We're gonna be like <laughs> vegans. Eat nothing but fucking kale and Hey, we don't want to offend any vegans listening. Oh, that's right. Um, we don't want to offend anyone. We are just trialing something because... And But honestly, Boyd and I have both said we feel really good. And um, Yeah. I don't know what it is, whether it's just we're in both positive mindsets about it yeah. or, or whether this has had a positive effect on our energy and stuff. But Yeah. I feel good about cooking it and making it and like researching the ingredients that I'm putting in and stuff yeah. and just being... So much more mindful about what I'm consuming. Yeah. And like even we're planning out like what you're going to cook while I'm away this week. Mm -hmm. And like we came across things like like you're going to do a pumpkin soup in a couple of nights. And then we came across, oh, do you want crusty bread with it? And so eventually, you know, in a couple of weeks time, we'll probably try a bit of our own bread. Yeah, we did talk about that. That's something that we've never really done. So anyway, enough about food, but that's been our week anyway. Yeah. Is trying to juggle that while we've had a bit of spare time on a few shitty rainy days but yeah. yeah and winding down like i said yeah um with fifo you often cram those break weeks so chockers last week was chockers and i feel like i barely got to see boyd and next week we are at like we do not have a day not driving about five hours yeah um so we took the week and really just didn't do a whole lot couple of jobs around the house and yep. Just enjoyed each other's company. No. <laughs> Thank been... fuck, it's fly out day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been good. It's been a nice week. Um, rebooted everyone's energies, I think. Yep. Yeah. It's, um, I know I fly out, but hopefully Ted can get back into his usual happy self. And mm. Well, no. Being six is usual self, but... <laughs> At the moment it is, but... Yeah. No, yes, hopefully we can get him back to get those teeth to pop through this week. And yeah. Yeah. Anyway, topic of the day. Topic of the day is, to speak the devil, it's about being pregnant with Ted. (laughs) (laughs) Just can't get away from that kid. So we're just going to talk all things FIFO about being pregnant. Obviously, I had a one-year-old. We had our kids um, pretty close together. Yeah. Um, so, so for think, those that don't know about Ted, he's, what is he, 15 months? No. 16, 16 17 months? Yep. Yep, and he's a pure FIFO baby. So we had him while, uh, yeah, while I was working away where Scarlett was born when I was still working at home. So Teddy's known nothing but the FIFO life. Yeah, and he's also a wrecking ball. He is. Um, he does not stop that boy. Um but yeah, I guess we'll we'll get into it and we'll you'll get to know a bit more about um, us and FIFO and being pregnant. So I, I guess one of the big ones is you know if you're choosing if you're if you're going to try um, the biggest one with being FIFO is um, your cycles. Unfortunately, if you are you know ovulating when your partner's away. You, you don't really get much say in that. No. And, um, so there's no point trying when you come home. It's just... Oh, there's no just, point no. at all. Um, no, like, you definitely, you know, you fluke it or... Obviously, they say girl sperm lasts for longer, but they're slower, and boys are quicker, but they don't last as long. Um, <laughs> what are you trying to say? That's, the, that's what the, you know, theories are. Um and so, like, yeah, obviously, if your cycle's gone, then you can hopefully try and get yeah. a quick swimmer in there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess on the sort of seven and seven rosters would probably make it a bit easier yeah. to match up with your cycles and whatever. But the longer ones, like the the two and twos, I guess... If you miss if, it, you miss if it. If your cycle's smack bang 
in when they're away, it would be a long time before that sort of lines up yeah. to when they're home. Especially if you're a you know a very regular person. Um, for me, I'm lucky that I have a very regular cycle. <laughs> um, so in some of the sense, it changes so much that it actually makes it easier with FIFO to kind of just go, we've missed it this one, but, you know, there's probably more of an yep. 80% upwards chance that it's going to be all right the next one. Yep. Um, just because I do have, you know, more of a five-week cycle yep. um, to just break it up a bit more. Actually, um, now, that, now that you said, I've, I've, on one of the Facebook groups I'm in, um, there was one of the women posting about how her husband actually took time off during her yep. her cycle because they've been trying for so long and that's the do- she went to the doctors and they were saying, well, when is he away? Yeah. And, yeah, it lined up like that, so... Yeah, unfortunately, anyway. some of the times that is the, is the way it works. And, you know, you hear about people getting pregnant on holidays and all of that because, you know, there's so many elements behind yeah. that. But, yeah, you you take mainly ex- Mainly booze. Booze, obviously relaxation. Yeah. They say all of those sorts of things. Yeah, no, yeah, um, no stress is a big one, apparently. Yeah. From what I've heard, yeah. in my expert opinion. <laughs> Bit of relaxation. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you've got your partner with you. So if you've got other kids there's a little bit of release there um but yeah um so that's a big one for us and we were pretty lucky in terms of um i think we only had two cycles and then i got pregnant on the third um i think that's about when it works out um but even so like you know had boyd been home it might not have even taken those sorts of cycles we you know a, a normal job where you're home all the time yep. we might not have had any um obviously prior to that in the other stories i've so, said about scarlet about not about it taking so long so i understand both sides of it taking a bit longer or being a bit quicker yeah. there's no harm in trying anyway for some people <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say there Nothing. Um, another one with, you know, being, having your partner away, this is one that I really struggled with, was when to tell him that I was pregnant. Oh, yeah. And when to when to do a test, you know. I was kind of feeling like, you know, maybe I should do a test. And I remember Boyd was away. And I was like, oh, my God, don't do it because if you do it too soon – how are you going to keep this a secret the yeah. whole week Boyd's away? Um, and so I remember it was coming up to Father's Day and I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll just I'll do the test on Saturday. And um, I knew you were going to be away for Father's Day anyway. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, like we were doing anything. And I remember doing the test and it coming back and it was super light, but I could see it. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm fucking pregnant. Um and so then the next morning, I think I'd done it at night because I was just like, I need to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not, rec- you're not recommended to do it at night, especially when you think it's quite early. Yeah. Um, and then the next morning I did another one and it came out a little bit darker. And then the next day I did the, you know, the more expensive ones that tell you how many weeks you are. Yeah. Um, so by then I think it's, I don't know whether that's Father's Day morning or... The Monday morning. Anyways, you were coming home the Monday, and I remember I'd put the pregnancy test in a in a box. Yeah. Isn't that so funny that we pee on a stick and then give it to our partners? It's so funny. It's so lovely. It, it's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't really do anything else because I had a one-year-old at home with me, and I'd been home for the whole week um, uh, by myself. So touch worse things. I didn't really. Um, you know, I didn't have like a onesie in there or anything. I think I just had the. Did I have something go for it? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't really I think about it too much. No. But I had, anyways, I had the box in the car and I remember being like, this is in case I can't keep, you know, oh no, this is for you. You can open it now or when we get home. Mm. And somehow you knew. didn't I... open the box until we got home. I, I sort of knew and I didn't want to sort of celebrate it. In the car, if that well, makes I th- sense. I think I said, oh, I'd prefer you didn't. Yeah. But I don't know. I was, yeah, well, when you said that, I sort of like knew what it was sort of going towards. Mm. But. I think I put it in the car because I didn't know if I could keep it a secret. Yeah. And I wanted to like, 
not just blurt it out. But if I couldn't keep it a secret, I could be like, open the box. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, we got home, we put Scarlett to bed, and then I remember being like, you're going to open the fucking box? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, yeah. Um, so it was a day after Father's Day. But I, I don't know. Anyone, what did you do? Did you tell your partner when he was away? I guess if they're away for longer than mm. week and week, that's harder too because... Because like, like you're saying, it comes down to two things. It comes down to whether you want to tell them and how they're going to feel while they're away, whether mm-hmm. they'll just, you know, they'll be obviously over the moon, but then they'll be thinking about it too much. I want to come home and celebrate with you or whether they're just fine. Yeah, or even just like, you and, know, a bit down that they got told over the phone yeah. kind of thing. Like, and I guess the other thing is like you were saying with keeping a, keeping a secret, like when do you take the test? Yeah. Because if you, if you can't keep a secret then, and no matter what considerations you take about how your partner's going to feel about it, mm-hmm. if you can't keep a secret, you're going to blurt it out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that was, a, that was a bit of a tough one for me and, you know, I'm sure any longer stint would have a way worse to Mm. try and consider those but it's just one that i guess you don't really think about unless you're in fifo unless your partner's away yeah exactly um, for any purpose um i guess then yeah we go into the actual pregnancy and everything was fairly pretty smooth pretty crazy um to be honest and then yeah teddy was a lot harder on my body sorry coming off the episodes we did the other week mm-hmm. how how did like obviously scarlet's was a bit touch and go because that was our first one after the yeah. miscarriage but how did you feel in the early stages of teddy's did you have the same feelings oh definitely i yeah. was pretty uncomfortable i actually don't think we publicized our pregnancy with teddy until i was 20 weeks yeah. and i think we did it because we were going on holiday and i knew that there would be photos up yeah there was a definite bump there by then yeah, yeah. um and i think that was it it went on facebook or like yeah social media at about 20 weeks and that i don't think that was so much due to you know having ill feelings after the miscarriage or anything i i don't know maybe it all kind of piles mm. in together a little bit um Maybe another bit is, you know, that pressure that you get to, you know, you've had one, then they turn one, and yeah. everyone's like, when are you going to have another one? When's the next one? And maybe that was just me kind of pushing back a bit and being like, I'm not going to tell anyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, I did have, you know, friends that knew. We'd gone to an engagement party and um, the the bride and, and one of my good friends knew that night um, yeah. because... I couldn't have either of those two trying to shove drinks down my throat or yep. question why I was driving Boyd home and stuff mm. like that. So um, I told a couple good friends and that, I don't, I don't know. Do you remember why we didn't put it up or tell a no, lot of I people? I think it was just a, just something that we wanted to keep between ourselves. Like mm. we're at the stage where like not everyone needed to know, like our, yeah. you know, our, our families and um our close friends knew and that's all that mattered to us. It yeah. doesn't need to be the world's bloody news. Yeah. I guess um, we also didn't tell anyone what we were having. Mm. Um, we Boyd and I found out at about 22 weeks. I think we did pretty well brushing it off like we didn't know either. Yeah. So we found out at about 22 weeks that Teddy was going to be a boy. Um, but we just chose not to tell anyone yeah um obviously everyone speculated or pushed and guessed and whatnot um but that was just something that you know again we kind of liked then having being able to reveal that who he was with his face and his name and and i liked that i'll probably do that again if we have another one if 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 for those people listening that keep asking me, <laughs> it's a big if. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess pregnant-wise, Teddy was a much harder pregnancy. I don't know if it was because it was my second or because he was a boy, but I was so much more exhausted. A lot of a lot of pressure on your like cesarean scar from Scarlet as well. Obviously, well, you didn't the... have one with when she was growing. So yeah, like possibly internally, I didn't get any pain or anything yeah. like that. 
Um, but I guess everything's weaker after you've been yep. pregnant for 10 months. Yep. Um, so yeah, I guess all of that. Um, again, I had really, really low iron. Um, so I had to have an iron infusion with Ted and I probably sh- I should have had one with Scarlett. Um, they kind of dropped the ball on that one a little bit considering I went to nearly 42 weeks yeah. and didn't have one and then ended up with an emergency cesarean. Um, they, yeah, I probably should have had an iron infusion back with her. Um, but I guess because of all that lining up, they got onto that and I had one with Ted. Not that I could tell you that it really, like, I didn't jump to the moon after it settled in or anything like that, but, you know, my blood's got a lot better and obviously being a lot healthier when you have a baby is the most important thing. Yeah. But yeah, he was just a lot more on my body. Everything hurt. I was so tired all the time. Um, And I remember, you know, people at work being like, you look wrecked. Like, Mm. are you thinking of maternity leave soon? And me being like, nah, not yet. I got to get through. Um, And then, you know, dropping my hours back. I was working three days at this point. Um, And so, yeah, I remember dropping my hours down a little bit. and yeah, obviously, I guess the other big one is you're chasing a one-year-old. Yeah, um, exactly. Yep. Our kids are only 21 months apart, um, which we chose. We we chose that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of work. And for half the year, doing it all by yourself as well, like yeah, especially getting those later stages, like 30 plus weeks. Yeah. Not having not being able to call me out and going, you know, can you get Scarlett to do mm-hmm. this or can you... I go, think yeah. I think I really underestimated even those, you know, later nights when, you know, I just needed someone to maybe cook my meal for me because I was buggered. Yeah. Um, or do bath, like, you know, put Scarlett in the bath or something like that. Just those seven days in a row where you have to do everything yeah. under the sun. Um and Scarlett, Scarlett's was Scarlett's a very good kid, um, but she still pushes your buttons, and she still she's very stubborn. But if she can see that you actually need help, she does help. Yeah, um, but I guess it's it's all just hard. You're pregnant with a one year old who doesn't quite understand a lot. Yep. And now, if I was to do it now, I think even like watching her respond and. Tonight, like, Teddy cried, so she went and got his bottle and patted him and then, you know, took him to his couch and put him, laid him down and stuff like that. Yeah. She wasn't doing that back then. She wasn't understanding that level of, you know, he's upset, I need to help or anything like that. And even when he was born, she didn't have that. I, I could ask her to get a nappy and she'd yeah. stare at me for half an hour and I'd be like, cool. Yeah, it just... It goes to show how much kids are like a sponge as well, like how much they take in just by watching. Mm-hmm. It's scary sometimes, some of the shit they come out with, but just things like she knows exactly what we do if Teddy's crying. Like yeah. she knows that he either needs a bottle or he needs some medicine. Or, yeah. or he's got his dinky nappy. She almost yeah. checks his nappy. <laughs> she pulls out the back of the nappy near his bum and has a peek down there and goes, oh... <laughs> No, no stinky, no poo. No poo, mum. No poo. <laughs> or and I'll be like, no, don't check it if it's got a poo. Oh, but yeah, it's um very different a three year old to oh, a one year sure. old. Yeah. Um, so I think you know having I love our age gap now, but I think if you if you need them to be a little bit more coherent and helpful, yeah, then a, a bigger age gap if if you selective yeah both have their pros and cons yeah definitely um and yeah i guess on that you know i've got you know those hard days where i'm exhausted and boyd just being at work and being like i can't help you i think that was the hardest thing through it all was when you had those hard days and obviously i wouldn't find out until i knocked off work Mm -hmm. um because we don't have any phones or phone reception or whatever but you know you go 12 hours without hearing or over 12 hours mm-hmm. without hearing how your part pregnant partner at home's going and then you get you knock off work and you get all these messages and snapchats yeah. from the entire day 
most of the time it was good. Sometimes it was a big struggle and those are the hard ones because, mm. you know, I literally, unless it's an emergency, I can't justify coming home. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people do if their their partner's having a real shit week, they, they bite the bullet and just go home because, you know, their, their family's more important than any work and, mm. you know, sometimes they need them just to get through that rough week. Yeah. They might have other stuff going on and whatever, but... Um, I think that was the hardest thing, not being able to help and watching you suffer through some of those real shitty weeks. Those long weeks, yeah. Yeah. Um, One thing, like, thinking into those shitty weeks, I had, um, I was about 30, I reckon I was about 32 weeks pregnant, maybe even, like, 31 weeks pregnant, and I got gastro. (laughs) And, um, like, I got through that, that was okay. Um, but then I got really, really strong Braxton Hicks and really bad pains and they'd lasted for about two days. Do we need to explain what Braxton Hicks are or is it general, do you reckon it's general knowledge? Basically your body prepping for contractions. Yep. Um, so false labor. Yeah. Um, and you know, I remember it being like two days of quite strong. I can't remember what I remember telling my mum but when she, when I said to her that, you know, this was the pain I was feeling, um, she got really worried because she, she was like, you know, in some ways, you know, you've just had your stomach com- compressed yeah. um, through getting sick. This can actually start labor, you know. Yeah. You're not early enough that, to rule it out. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, after enough time, we ended up having to call the hospital. Boyd was at work and he knew nothing. <laughs> he, I did that, you know, he knew that I had been sick two nights before and then we hadn't really spoken a lot on different swings. We don't really speak. Yep. Um, so whether it was night shift and I hadn't got around to speaking to you or whatever. And then, yeah, mum was like, you need to call the hospital. So I called the hospital and they were like, yeah, come in, let's look you over. And so I had to spend the afternoon in hospital getting um, Ted's heartbeat checked and um, the contractions checked that they were slowing down or whether they were actually happening or what was going on and yet getting cleared and stuff like that. But that's the kind of thing with, you know, FIFO and being underground. I can't just call Boyd and let him know that I'm going to hospital. Yeah, exactly. And I remember being at hospital and being like, what if this does go bad? Or what if this is happening and I have to then stay in hospital? I've got a one-year-old. We had to take Scarlett with us. It was me, my mum and Scarlett. Um, And it was was weird. Uh, It was not a good feeling because you didn't even know. Yeah. And obviously working underground, like in emergencies, there's... There's a good, there's a great system for being able to actually get in contact with me. Mm. You know, you have to go through the officers upstairs and they shoot a message downstairs to the supervisors and you've got radios and everything under there. So it, it would be a pretty quick yeah. chain process getting from one end to the other. Yeah, so. and I definitely could have done that. And obviously that was my choice um, to kind of leave it and not go through all of that. I will say it's also a bit of a scary thought to send calls down to you underground because I don't want to freak you out for the rest of your day. Um, yeah, that's it. I don't want... Oh, I got sent home from work. That's how bad they were. Yeah. So I was supposed to be at work, so you wouldn't even be considering a text message from me that yeah. day. Um, that's like I got a call over the radio the other week and then they were like, oh, can you get up to the... Um, can you get up to the office as soon as you can? And, you know, your heart just starts racing. And you, mm. and then I was like, oh, is everything all right? And they go, yep, all good. Don't worry about it. Oh, and then, gosh. And then, um, well, like, yeah, it, it's all good. Like, no need to rush. And then that makes you think even more. And, like, are you just not saying anything? Yeah. But all it was was just some paperwork they had to get in. <laughs> but, yeah. But it makes you panic. And that's it. I, you know, if it's not a reason to call and really go through... You're right, mate. Oh, yeah. And go through that process. Then it's not something I want to do. Um, hmm. 
But yeah, that's the kind of thing, you know, you do that alone and you do it without your partner even knowing. Um, it's a bit scary um, sometimes. Yeah. Um, and that was about 32 weeks, I reckon. Yeah. Highly do not re- recommend getting gastro when you're 32 weeks pregnant. No, don't, don't do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess not long after that, the big C word Ugh. came into play. Um, and it was so weird for me because I had said to my boss on the Tuesday or whatever it was, um, what's happening with COVID? Like what's, I don't even want to say the word, um, what's happening? And he was like, nah, nah, I think we're all right. And I was like, do you think we'll still be working this week? Um, you know. Um, I'm not here tomorrow, but I'm here on mm. Thursday, so let me know. And he was like, it'll be fine. Like, yeah, we'll be in contact if anything changes. And then Wednesday night comes around and I get a message saying, rules are changing, hold tight, not sure if we need you. Like, you know, yeah. not sure about tomorrow. Um, I'll give you a call. And then in the morning, I'm kind of getting ready for work. And then he calls me and says... Um, you know, so new rules have been released. We need to cut down. Yeah. Um, also you are heavily pregnant and where you're being labeled as high risk. Um, so if people can cut down on high risk, that's an area we, you know, need to cut down on. And, you know, in my opinion, I'm like, well, I'm going on maternity leave in, you know, four or five weeks anyway. So it makes sense to cut down on someone who's Mm. going to leave you in four or five weeks anyway. Yeah. Um, so it didn't, it didn't phase me in terms of why. Um, you just didn't want to go in that early. I didn't want to be on maternity leave that early, but also then all the other rules came in. So it was, you know, pretty, pretty heavily and pretty quick. Don't go out of your house if you don't need to. Um, if you're high risk being heavily pregnant, don't go to shops. Children don't go to shops. I'm two of those things and Boyd's not home. Um, so it was really, really isolating. And, you know, now going into like looking at what some of the states have gone through in the last year, well, two years pretty much now, um, you can't compare looking back at it. All I can compare with is at the time. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I was fine. I'm quite good at being a homebody. Um, but also when you've got a one-year-old who is used to going to childcare two days a week, is used to seeing her cousins and, you know, her nanny and her family, is that necessary to play with that? What are you talking about, <laughs> <laughs> I need an armrest. Boyd's playing with Scarlet Scooter while we record. It's very unnecessary. It's an armrest. Um, yeah, so, you know, you've got a one-year-old and you're heavily pregnant. You've got zero outlets for them, nothing left. And your husband's not even home ever. Yeah. Um, so, and I wasn't allowed into your appointments. No. So that left me behind on the sort of knowledge side of things and how things were going. I pretty much had to go by what you told me. We had heaps of extra appointments with Ted because he measured small, um, so we had extra scans and Boyd was never allowed into any of them. Um, obviously, we had done our dating scan and all that, so that was fine. But from about 30 weeks, they started cutting out that. That had already kind of come into place. Um, and then none of my hospital visits, um, you know, figuring out who was going to be our doctor on the day and stuff like that. There was nothing like that. Um, and I couldn't take Scarlet either because it was, you know, you don't take... Don't take kids unless you absolutely have to. Um, so it was just so much more manipulation and handling there. Um, and then even, you know, just having my, you know, you know that extra person to feed off. Um, one of the biggest things was um, we wanted to, you know, we wanted to try for a VBAC for Ted. Um, and my doctor was, you know, being a FIFO family. She was like, yep. You know, your scar's healed, you, you're well enough, I'm happy um, for you to be 
um, induced at 39. Well, you know, we'd picked a date. And um, because of FIFO, they're a lot more accommodating for that because your partner's either in the state or, you know, yeah. around home or not. Yeah. Um, so that was something that we'd always covered and that we were going to get induced and try for a VBAC. And then uh, it was, I, mean, I would think I was, Boyd was away. We were starting to get a bit nervous about, I was having Braxton Hicks all the time. And then the doctor on the day, who I knew very well, um, said that she would be my doctor um, on the date booked in, yep. but also that she was not happy to induce me. Yep. Um, and she said that for her, the scar wasn't old enough. Um, being having had the kids close together, for her it wasn't old enough. And I, was not, I wasn't allowed to be induced anymore. And so yep. my choice was to wait it out and potentially avoid not being home. Yep. Or to go for an elective C-section, which having had an emergency cesarean, I was allowed to choose a cesarean. Yeah. Um, I'd already had all the prep work done because I had had a cesarean. So um, they do a lot a lot more of those checkups. You know, you go and meet your anaesthetists and sign the paperwork yep. prior to that because you're more likely to go down that yeah. alley. If you decide to wait it out as well, or even, even in the situation that we're in, that was one of the biggest decisions you had to make as well because at the time, you were only allowed one support person mm-hmm. as well. And once you made that decision of who it was going to be, you weren't allowed to change it. So yeah. say, so yeah, so it, it was either going to be me if I was home mm-hmm. or your mum, yeah? Yeah, or, or my mum or my sister. Yeah. yeah. So if Carol had chosen either one of them and then they went in and then a day later I was allowed to come home, yeah. I wouldn't have been allowed to go in there until Kayla actually came home. Yeah. And those, those are the kind of, kind of rules that kept fluctuating so much. At one point it was two visitors. At one point it was one and then they can kind of tag team. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the week that we actually had Ted, um, we were told very strongly that if even if Boyd made it to labour, but I had put someone else as my support person in that room there was a very, very high chance that they would decline Boyd being allowed into the room. Look, I've got no, I've got no doubt that they would have been okay if it was literally just on paper and your, your nominated support person hadn't been in there yet. Mm-hmm. But say I got there an hour late and mm-hmm. either your mum or your sister were already in there, mm. then I doubt, yeah, I, I would have had to wait, I yeah. think. I would, you know, and I was kind of told by midwives that we were checking every couple of days and I was told that it was forever changing and you just don't know. Certain doctors will strongly say no and yeah. some might be more lenient. Um, but it was definite that, you know, two could not be in that room yeah. at any chance. Yeah. Like, And so that was another, that was a massive... Um, yeah, really scared factor for us. With um, COVID being around, Boyd's flights were all cut down. Yeah. Um, and so they were only flying like two, three days a week and only minimal flights. Yeah. Um, and then at one point, I'd had practiced in Hicks for a couple of days. I'd had my hospital appointments and we were getting closer to, you know, the elected date. But, you know, I was being told, you know, you are progressing. Yeah. And every night I kind of went to bed. Anyone, I know for me, all my Braxton Hicks and all of that got very like very dominant before bedtime. Yep. And every night I'd kind of go to bed going, this could be it. Yep. Like this definitely could be starting. And um, I guess for both of us with, you know, you being told you weren't allowed in, the flights, we kind of asked your bosses when you could get home if, if it, got to the point and when you did that they were like uh we can't get you home for three days no it was i think it was i was already at work and i i asked that morning and then they were like oh we can't get you in till tomorrow night so it was i i finished that day of work and then they were like, oh, you can obviously have tomorrow off if it's going to be playing on your mind too much. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Just sit in my room all day mm. and then go catch a flight 
at like six o'clock. I, I think was, it was a day longer than that. No, 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 that was it. And it was, um, yeah, I was just like, fuck that. Like, I'm not sitting in my room. I'll just come to work and I'll knock off a bit earlier so I can catch my flight mm. on time. So we just did that. And because that week um, was the week that they actually closed the airport and they, they didn't fly us up there. So we had to carpool yes. up to work. And then um, that was another issue. If I didn't catch a flight, I would have had to pinch someone's car. Or... Yeah, we were literally talking about whose yeah. car you could take. So I'd, at that point when you were starting to talk pretty seriously about it, I was like, well... No, I need to get out of here as soon as I can because if it does happen, I've got no way of getting home otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, And yeah, I guess all those things lining up was just... And I guess one thing for me, anxiety is something, you know, everyone is, is talking about nowadays and I, I, I'm glad that everyone is. And I think it's something that maybe I've always had a level of anxiety, but it's something that I've never found an issue and I think that that's maybe because pre-kids you can actually kind of mentally work your way through that and then when you're so exhausted of working through a child's feelings and emotions being heavily pregnant and having your hormones jump through the roof that's when for me I really understood I guess where my anxiety started to Become more dominant and yeah. I, I understood the feelings a lot more I didn't have the luxury of sleeping off feelings or you know going for a big run by myself yeah. I couldn't do any of that yeah or just taking a break halfway through the day it's yeah just not, yeah it's non-stop you can't do anything um and I, yeah obviously having Scarlett Boyd being away um going for walks that kind of dropped off and I had a lot of lower back and pelvis pain and so you know I was told not to not to do too much strenuous work and stuff but then you lose that outlet yeah you lose that side of you um and yeah then you've got COVID you're locked inside a house with a one-year-old um yeah I think from my point of view the hardest thing or the the most stressful things was, yeah, the, the nominated person thing. Mm-hmm. And then the other tough thing was Scarlett not being allowed in the hospital once Teddy was born. That was hard. So obviously the hard part of that is, you know, her not being able to meet her little brother for the first time. Yeah. And having to wait for us to actually bring him home. But then there's also the inconvenience of during these lockdowns, having the stress and the inconvenience of trying to sort her out to go somewhere for a few hours so yeah. I can come and see you and see Teddy and spend some time with like my son and yeah it was know. really 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 inconvenient because every time you wanted to come and see us or or even if I needed you yeah Scarlett had to be looked after by someone else and you know we've got COVID rules who technically she really wasn't supposed to be with anyone I think um, she came into an exception, exemption category. Yes, yeah. she did come into an exemption category. But, you know, if you're not looking at exemption, yeah. you go, well, technically, that kid should just be at home yeah. with their parents. Um, and we ended up leaving um, uh, really early. Like, I think we, yeah. I only did... Teddy was about 40 hours old and we left. And I know people leave earlier than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, about 40 hours earlier and um, the hospital, obviously, they didn't exactly want us to stay. Yep. Um, they wanted people out pretty quickly if they felt strong enough to and were ha- they were happy to um, give me some pain meds, which I didn't have for Scarlett. Oh, I just had Panadol and Nerofen yep. with Scarlett, but um, because I was leaving a bit earlier, I had um, a bit of the harder stuff. Um, Good stuff. And went home, um, and it wasn't all that long after being home and taking some of the stronger stuff that I remember saying, boy, I don't want that anymore. Um, Not while I'm at home, you know, not while I've got Scarlet around. Um, It's not making me feel very good, and I'm a bit, you know, you're not in a bed in hospital anymore. You're you're on your couch or something like that, and I remember just being like, nah, I can't take another one of these with two children. Yep. In my control. So with 
after Teddy's anyway, like your your recovery, it seemed a lot longer than Scarlett's. Mm-hmm. Um, so I initially had two two swings booked off to stay home, mm-hmm. and then um, yeah, you didn't obviously from a cesarean. It takes a lot longer to, to recover after postnatal. So well, if you really was... want to go into the details, the whole actual cesarean was a lot more uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> I don't know anyone. I don't want to scare anyone into have, having a cesarean, but um, my cesarean with Scarlett, perfect. Like apart from know, it being an emergency. Apart from it being an emergency, I actually can't fault Scarlett's cesarean. It was pretty, yeah. you know, straightforward. Here's your baby. Yeah. Um, with Teddy, we were more prepared. We went in, you know, had the drink. They it, with Scarlett, they missed the first time they went into my spine mid contraction. Um, with this one, not nah, straight in, good to go. Um, but it made me sick. I got really sick, got really white, yeah. threw up, and they had to, you know, check check my blood pressure a bit more. Um, and they slightly raised my head. And this is where, kind of, you know, talking to a couple of doctors and stuff like that, the theory comes that when they lifted my head. Um, the, not the needle, the, what's it called? Uh, the drug, anesthetic. the anesthetic, um, might've gone too low. Um, and so I actually felt pretty much everything. Um, you know, obviously this, pa- you say it wasn't so much pain. It was just a lot of pressure. It, it was, it, no, it was weird. Like I didn't feel like I was. It was a lot of, yeah, Yeah. like it was a lot of, it felt like someone was pulling on your muscles. Yeah. So not, you don't feel that stabbing, but it's way worse than just the tugging. Like I know what the tugging's like with Scarlett. I get that. Um, But even with Ted, you know, that first cut, I went, oh yeah, they started. And they went, yep, we're started. Like just, and kind of a bit like, oh, okay, um. Yep, that was the first cut. And then um, they actually really struggled to get my muscles back together yep. at the end. And they were taking ages. And um, and they were pulling. And I remember them being like, oh, my God. Like, your muscles are just, they're really tight. Um, and so that was a bit harder for them to get everything sewn back up. Yep. And I was in a lot of pain at that point. And I remember thinking, and I, I, you know, I've said it to you and you said you didn't say anything, but I remember thinking that I didn't want to hold Teddy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure Boyd was holding Teddy because I was in a lot, like, you know, I was struggling with the pain. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, you know, they start to take the sheets off and stuff. Um, with Scarlett, I um, actually reacted to the, the sticky, the hyperflex or whatever it is on your tummy. Um, so they actually had to do my cesarean the traditional way with rags. Yeah. So there was a lot of mess after that. Um, and so then, yeah, they lifted. They were like, oh, we're just going to lift your legs. And I actually lifted my legs. And the nurses looked at the anaesthetist and was like, um, she's lifting her legs for us. You know, we've just finished sewing her up and she has full movement of her legs. Mm. And um, his response was just, oh, well, she's been down for, you know, 45 minutes or whatever it was. And they were like, okay. And, you know, no one said anything. And then in recovery, I think we'd been in recovery for like two minutes. Yeah. And I was like, what pain relief have I had? And they were like, oh, just, just this and this. I was like, can I, am, am I due for anything else? Um... And, you know, they kind of walk over and they say, what, what, you know, why do you think you need more, more yeah. what's happening just to kind of get a gauge on where you're at. And I was like, I can feel it. I can feel my scar. I can feel my cut. Um, and yeah, they were like, shit, if you can feel it, we've just got you to recovery yet. Yeah, we can start dosing you up. That's yeah. fine. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, it wasn't that it wasn't there at all thank god it was there a little bit um but yeah it um was definitely gone well and truly by the time we got to recovery yeah and um 
yeah, the pain was pretty bad. But like I said, I didn't get that with Scarlet, and I wish I had spoken up. Yeah, yeah. So it might have been yeah, slight. Like saying, like when they lifted you up, it might have gone to a different area. Mm-hmm. I don't know how anesthetic works, but um, another thing we put it down to was you just had so much adrenaline going mm. into Scarlet's because it was an emergency and everything yeah. was like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Got to get you into here, do this. There was so much going on that you didn't even think about it. Mm. Whereas Teddy, it was just all calm. You yeah. just rolled in on the bed and it was sort of it was all planned. So yeah, there's so many different things that could go into it, but I do wish that I had spoken up a little bit more and just said, this is, this is quite painful. Um, I don't know what they would have done, (laughs) Um, but it was um, not overly nice. And, you know, if I had another cesarean, I hope that it would be more like Scarlet's. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think that it would be anyway. It could also, I was thinking about it the other day, I wonder if it could also be because I didn't have the hyperfix, like holding my skin more in place Maybe. in comparison yeah. to just rags. You don't have your skin held in place by anything at all. So there's so much extra yeah. movement. I was wondering if that could play a part, but that's Maybe. just thoughts. Um, but yeah, so that was that. And then, yeah, going back to what Boyd said, the recovery was a lot worse. Yeah. So like I said, I initially had two swings booked off, so taking into account break weeks as well that's five weeks in total mm-hmm. and then by the time it got for me sort of to think about going back to work you sort of you were still a bit if you hadn't fully recovered yet mm. there was a couple of times where Scarlett would do something and you'd reach out for her and you'd you know pull something and yeah um so yeah it, obviously you don't like doing it but it's i had no choice sort of had to call up and get that extra week to make sure you're good and by the time I actually went back to work after that. You were still not 100%, but I couldn't mm. have any more. I just, yeah, you're well enough for me to go back and yeah. have, you know, your family monitor you. Well, that's the other thing. We had no family that were technically allowed. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't, you know, I can't drive. You can't drive for six weeks until you get cleared. So that played a, a bit of a part. And um, in, you know, choosing to get Boyd to get that extra swing off as well because we were locked inside and no one was allowed to really see us so yeah. and by the time that came around sort of like covid wise things had sort of cleared up no. slightly no not really to what they were yeah we had ted pretty much in like that first that first real yeah. peak um i guess everyone maybe had every everyone had just kind of gotten used to it yeah um because even after you went back to work I still didn't go to the shops. I didn't go to the shops until Ted was like six months old. Yeah. It was a long time. Mm. Um, that's kind of the luxury. We changed our shopping and we, we just manipulated everything so that I didn't have to take two kids to the shops because yeah. that was another bit, you know, Scarlett got pulled out of childcare. She wasn't allowed to go to childcare because yeah, um, I was not deemed as essential worker um, well, even in that first one, it wasn't really essential workers even. It was just... Full lockdown. Cause it, was, it was so unknown. Like It no was one, pretty much no one... Yeah. No one sent their kids. There was obviously an element of um, that. But... So she didn't go to childcare. Um, which is obviously why I was locked inside with a one-year-old for so long. Um... And unfortunately, which I know so many mums would be facing now, is, you know, I had planned Scarlett to stay in childcare. She went two days a week, um, not for huge long hours, but two days a week to get with Teddy. Yeah. To really be with him, learn who he was and have that one-on-one time. And I do feel like, you know, Obviously, now going forward, you know that that can get taken away and whatnot. But at the time, I remember being quite sad and just being like, I am too exhausted to give anyone any attention. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm just scraping the barrel. Um, yeah. By this point, <laughs> you've already exhausted all your activities. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I've told anyone but you, but 
we've talked about it a couple of times in like Teddy's first few months he didn't feel like he was mine like I just didn't have that connection with him mm-hmm. I didn't, say, didn't feel like he was mine like it's yeah it's weird to say but like um yeah I'd I just didn't have that same instant connection with him like I did Scarlett. And I think that goes off what you were just saying about how you've still got to put all your effort into this one-year-old that you've Mm -hmm. already got that you can't 100%, you know, go put effort into your newborn. Yeah. So maybe that had had to do with it. I I don't know. Or maybe that it was that I was full-time working away now. Mm. But that I found that really hard and I it, it got to a point where I was I got worried and I'm like is this feeling ever gonna fix itself like am I gonna ever feel like I have a full connection with my own son yeah like, yeah Teddy was a hard newborn in terms of he only wanted me yeah um for a really long time I think it was like two three weeks before Boyd could actually just sit there and cuddle him um and I definitely couldn't walk in the room because he would just lose his mind. And I remember, you know, mum met him and he cried and I was like, I'm, you know, mum, this is just what he this is just what yep. he's like. Um and then even like on that, the first time he let her cuddle him for longer than two minutes, she looked at me and she was like, Oh my god, he's letting like yeah. He's letting me hold him. And I reckon he was probably six weeks old Yeah, before he actually started letting other people hold him and yeah. be there. And he, and he just is that baby. He just takes a lot longer to let people kind yeah. of be there yeah, for I guess, him. Yeah, I guess then, like, obviously now all those negative sort of thought processes have gone away, like... We're, we're all good now, me and Ted. <laughs> but no, I think it was when his sort of when his character sort of started to come out, and yeah. he could actually like pay attention to what you were doing, and like yeah. you know smile and react to what you were doing. That's yeah. sort of when I started to sort of build that bond with him. But yeah, before that, it was just so it was weird. It was because he was such a mum's boy. Yeah, and he was. He just didn't want a bar of me, and I'd. I remember telling you so many times, like, what am like, I doing wrong? What the fuck am I doing wrong? Like, he, mm-hmm. he just does not want to borrow of me. Yeah. And I remember it being, it was so hard on all of us because, you it know. It doesn't give you a break. It doesn't give me yeah. a break. I wanted to spend some time with Scarlett as well once mm. I started feeling a bit better. Um, but also, I hated watching or, like, having to take him off of you. Mm. Hated it. Um. But, you know, that didn't last as long as it felt. No, no. Um, yeah, because obviously you have that amount of time off of work. Yeah. And it it feels like it flies by, but in reality it was, you know, one and a half months. Like six yeah. weeks had gone past. And yeah. Yeah, so it, it it carried on for a couple of months, but it as soon as you started building his own little personality and character, it, it carried it on off. for a couple of months? Yeah. yeah oh, right. well, truly, like at least eight weeks. Yeah. But that wasn't immediately upset. No, just no, not no. the not the no, relationship. I've, I've, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was hard. Um, oh, another thing we forgot about was obviously I had it pretty good. I was full time with an owner, like a big owner operator company. Yes. So that made it easy, easier for me to take that extra time off mm-hmm. and knowing that I was going to be financially supported. Um, like through my leave, obviously, but yeah. um, that's where contractors like FIFO is massive for contractors. It's how like half the people get employed is is through contracting companies. Where hang on, just pause, just elaborate on the word contractors. So not not full time. They they just work on on contracts. Yes. So they're not. Um, they don't have their leave entitlements. Mm-hmm. Um, they might be on an initial sort of higher base but they don't have those leave entitlements and is it kind of like a casual worker out on a FIFO role is that is that yeah like they'd still be working the full-time hours Mm -hmm. but yeah that that that'd be on a contract so with with me working full-time for you know owner operator they're going to be there for a long time Mm -hmm. so 
there's that we build up our leave and we can use that leave for our own benefits yeah um yeah the other thing the obviously with contractors they're given short-term mid-term contracts and you know they their job could be up at any point and they could be moved on or just lose their job sort of completely and a lot of them are actually paid by the work they do and not the not an hourly rate so yeah yeah um so if they have to take time off for this or an injury or anything it's it can take you know can take a massive hit yep and then they might not get called back exactly yep if they take leave for any reason you know, this, this bloke or this this woman's got a kid now like they're not gonna have any time for work so yep. you, you can stay home and we'll find someone else yeah well then yeah they just need to fill that job role immediately yep. if you go home that's it kind yep. of thing yeah so yeah in in that regard very lucky for me yeah because um, you yeah full time you'd been there for long enough that you'd had those entitlements so yeah yeah um and that is a you know a really good thing with fifo having yeah just that carefree with scarlet um 10 days Boyd yeah. was home for 10 days that was it i'd had an emergency cesarean our first kid um and he went back to work full time. Yeah, so I had, I think it was three, three days off the end of one of my swings. Yeah. And then I had my week break, mm-hmm. and that was it. Yeah. So they were a smaller, smaller company, and they weren't as understanding. But I guess they weren't as lenient. Maybe yeah, yeah, was the word. Yeah, you, you can't plan childbirth. You can get a rough date of when everything's going to be, but. Yeah, they went by the excuse that I didn't give them enough notice. And... Is that what they did? Fun times, yeah. Did they really do that? Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. thought that was just, that was it. Mm. That's all you were allowed. Righto. Um, but yeah, that definitely, you know, when you still, you can't drive anywhere, you can't do anything, you've still got four weeks by yourself in a house and your husband's working two two out of every three of those yeah. that's a really long time to be um in the middle of winter middle yep. of winter you literally can't do anything um so yeah having that luxury is something that i can be very grateful for fifo um i'm sure there are other job roles you can get that you can get that sort of thing too but for us very very grateful yeah it worked perfectly for our situation that we're in yeah and, yeah and that is one of the good things if yeah. you get into fifo work um, that's the sort of thing that you can, yep. yeah, do, get. Yeah. I don't know if you've got anything else to add to that, but that was our, I don't know, little, basically Teddy's birth, pregnancy, birth, recovery yep. was all really shit compared to Scarlet. Scarlet's was really, apart from her emergency cesarean, she was actually very Pretty easy. Yeah. Um, she just didn't want to come out. Also, yeah. the fact that she lasted 42 weeks. Yeah. Um, Just too comfy in there. Very comfy. Then yeah. got herself stuck in there so she couldn't come out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Teddy was painful and is still painful. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love our Teddy. Um, he's a character, but he is busy. Yeah. Very he busy. does not fucking stop. No, does not stop. But... Um, that's the story of our little FIFO baby anyway. FIFO COVID baby. Yeah, pregnancy and all the stuff that we had to go through as a sort of FIFO couple. Cup, couple. Couple. Couple through the middle of a pandemic as well. So um, I think that's yeah. pretty like, you know, we've condensed it down a fair bit. Obviously, there's a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings that go into um, all of that a lot more in-depthly. So, you know, if you've had a, a COVID baby or a FIFO baby... Um, you know, make sure you send, send some stuff our way if you want to chat it out because COVID babies are not easy. Yeah. Different Um, stories as well. If you've, you know, you've had one of those stories where you see in the movies where your husband bursts through, (laughs) you know, five minutes before you... you Flies in just in time to catch the baby. Yeah. (laughs) We'd love to hear it anyway. Best way you can find us on Instagram is at just a FIFO fam if you feel like sending any of those stories through or mm-hmm. any general feedback. Yeah, that, that was a pretty, I don't know. What was it? Nice, 
nice story after our last couple. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, good to finally get it back onto the positive note. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's us for tonight. We're gonna knock off and watch the new episode of Animal Kingdom. Boyd's been edging closer and closer to the packet of bullets for the last half hour, so he'll be what, glad. We're put into context. They are raspberry chocolate bullets from Darley. Yes. <laughs> No, you just said bullets as it was. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, raspberry chocolate bullets. Um, and I've been very close to kicking him under the table to not open the back of the bullets. Well, no. It's knock off time. <laughs> You're so rude. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye. See ya.